What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Stoop Life Podcast. I don't know where you guys are watching or listening to this on, but I want to say thank you. We appreciate you. Without your support, without y'all listening and sharing and uh, commenting, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. We wouldn't keep going. So I want to say thank you. So I want to make sure you guys are following us on all of our areas. Most importantly, follow us on Facebook. We got our Facebook group, at The Stoop Life. You can follow me. You can follow Paul. All that's going to be in our bio of our podcast profile or whatever you're looking at. So follow us in the group. That's where it all begins. That's where our people are. That's where the arguments begin. That's where a lot of the stuff is. <coughs> if you aren't following us on YouTube yet, follow us on YouTube. Follow us at Stoop Knockout. All of our live videos are on there. We also have our other podcast we do, which is the fitness one. As you see this flag right behind me, BKO Fitness. We give fitness tips, workouts, nutrition, all that type of stuff. So if you want to do that, go follow us, BKO Fitness, on Stoop Knockout. You'll get that on there. Follow us on Twitter, at The Stoop Life. Follow us on Instagram, at The underscore Stoop underscore Life. We got a lot of our content on there, and that's where we want to connect with you guys. So if you guys haven't listened to our podcast yet, we are a sports-based podcast. We do a lot of breakdowns. We do a lot of ESPN type of stuff, sports center type of stuff, breakdowns of things that happen. But on top of that, we also do, you know, top ten lists, bracket challenges, and we do debates. There's not a lot of other podcasts and sports groups out there that do those type of things. And we do that. And it all starts in the Facebook group. We do debates. Recently, we had a debate that was in WWE. We do that. We do NBA debates. We do football debates. We do all types of debates. We love it. We let people come in here, show what they got, and just have fun. It's a platform for you to enjoy it, to talk your shit, and not start any fights physically, just with your mouth on the podcast. We also have a platform for you if you're you know, an athlete and you have a story that you want to share. We have that as well. Come on here, share your story, inspire others. That's what we want to do. Or if you just want to come on here and talk football, talk basketball, whatever sport we're doing, you're more than welcome to come on here. But anyway, guys, today's podcast, we're going to be hopping back into the NBA. We got a lot of stuff going on in the NBA. Trade deadline was Thursday. LeBron James broke the record on Tuesday. We got a lot to talk about. Starters, LeBron James, record breaker. I want you all to understand how amazing that is. Whether you think he's the greatest of all time or not, doesn't matter. He broke a record that was standing for quite some time now. And he's going he's gonna to surpass that by a lot. He broke Kareem's record of 38,387 points. He broke that. I don't know what he's going to end up at, but it's an amazing feat that he did it. He did it... Uh, on Tuesday night, he broke it with 38 points. He's two above it. And like I just said, appreciate the greatness. I want to make a point of why you don't have to equate the scoring record necessarily to being the GOAT. Now, in hockey, you got Wayne Gretzky, by far the greatest player ever. We got Alex Ovechkin right now. He's in the NHL. He's probably going to break the all-time goals record in the NHL within the next year, two, three years, depending on what he does, get, doesn't get hurt, he's going to break the goal record. He's going to beat Gretzky at it. Nobody's sitting there saying, hey, he's better than Gretzky. He has a single record. 
So it it's not going to be said that Ovechkin is better than Gretzky. So let that be known about all of you uh, LeBron haters and all that. Just because he has a certain record doesn't mean he's the greatest. you got to look at his body of work. Now, that's going to be an argument that people are going to be talking about for time to come, but I don't want to hear any of it. I don't know who's the greatest basketball player ever. We all got different points on it. We all come from different eras. I don't know. But all I know is the fact that LeBron James is greatness, and we're witnessing it, and over half the people are just kind of throwing it away. Do you all remember when Barry Bonds was going to break the home run record, how awesome that was for baseball, for sports? I feel like that's not, like, what it is for LeBron. I get it. Sometimes he's he brings it on himself sometimes. But with that being said, still, guys, he just broke a great record and let it be stand. On top of that, guys, he did it by shooting 50% field goal range. He's number two uh, field goals attempted and field goals made in the his- history of the NBA, which is crazy. Like, we're getting to witness a guy who has longevity, is able to you know play this long at this high of an ability, it's unbelievable. I know I got a lot of people that listen to the podcast that are in the group that are probably around LeBron's age, you know, maybe a little younger, maybe a little older. You go play at LA Fitness and let me know how you feel. I get this guy got a lot of money and he's able to spend it on his body. Sometimes you know, old man wins. Like it just happens. He's number three in three points made, number four in three points attempted at 34.6%. Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. He's number four in free throws made, number five in free throws attempted at 73.5%. Also all pretty good. You know, he's scoring from all facets. He's able to get the field goal from two-pointers, three-pointers, free throw. He's able to score everywhere. Now, on top of that, for all of you that are LeBron haters, I just want to point out some stats here. He's number 32 overall in rebounds with 10,576. Now, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant aren't in the top 100, but that's not what they were supposed to do. Michael Jordan wasn't a guy out there that was supposed to get rebounds. Neither was Kobe. They were there to put the team on their backs and win. But LeBron gets the rebounds. Pretty cool. Number four in assist overall at 10,351. The only guys above him are Chris Paul. Jason Kidd, John Stockton. Again, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, number 50, number 33. Again, that's not like the part of their game that those guys were supposed to do. LeBron was a facilitator in moments, and that's sometimes why people don't like him. He gives the ball away a lot in moments. But number four in assist as well is pretty, pretty incredible to have a scoring record, be number four all time. He's number nine in steals as well at 2,176. Michael Jordan is above him at this at number three. Again, like, that was part of Michael Jordan's game, too. Michael Jordan was a hell of a defensive player. Very underrated aspect of Michael Jordan's game. LeBron, number 91 in blocks at 1,065. You would think he would have more there, though, considering the fact that one of his most famous plays ever was a block. So, I mean, uh, he's still up there. He's also number one in turnovers with 4,922. Now, I want to point this out. Kobe Bryant's number five at that. Michael Jordan's number 31. It's down low. But I guess when you play that many years, you're going to be up there. So if you want to use turnovers as an argument, go look at the other players that are in it. Carl Malone's in there. Tim Duncan's in there. Stockton's in there. It's just part of the game. Uh, Now, 
LeBron James, phenomenal. We could we could sit here and talk about all these stats that why he's the greatest, why he's not, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just appreciate the greatness. Now, since he broke the record, how many players in the NBA are actually capable of maybe breaking it? You got guys right now that are, are there. Durant's number one. Harden's number two. Can either of them really break the record? We got Durant has played 978 games, which is roughly about 500 less than what LeBron has played so far. 26,684 points. He's 11,700 away from where the record stands now. Who knows? He's averaging about 30, 31 points a game. Could make it. Harden, probably not. His scoring is only about 20 a game now. Probably not going to make it. Which leads me to question. What current player can actually break it? That's actually young. The only one that comes to my mind is Luka Doncic. So far, he's averaging 27.4 points per game. The last two years, he's averaging... 32.4 combined of the last two years. He's only played 311 games. 8,521 points. I'm not going to do the math on that, but theoretically, if he kept that pace up, he'd be able to pass LeBron. But he's on record for saying that he's probably not going to play for 20 years. So, I don't know. He's the only player that could possibly break it, but we'll see. Probably not. So that record that LeBron has, pretty phenomenal. Now let's talk about the trade deadline. We got a lot of trades here. It started off with Kyrie getting traded to Dallas. We already broke that down. We're going to see how that works out with Kyrie and Luka going forward. I don't know. I'll tell you one thing. Team Buckets right there. I'll tell you what. Team Buckets right there. Now, going into the trade deadline, a lot of people were saying, ah, it's going to be very quiet. You know, they got the, the, the agreements coming up, so a lot of the teams don't know if they're actually going to make trades or not, this or that. It went the opposite of quiet. It was buzzing all damn day. You couldn't keep up with the trades that were happening. It was like every five minutes there was a new trade. Whether it was a big trade or a a medium trade that would help a team. It was coming in every like five minutes, man. The big one of the day. Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. There's a lot lot of viewpoints on that, what people think. The overall trade is this. The Brooklyn Nets receive Mikel Bridges, Jai Crowder, Cam Johnson. They got a 2023 first-round pick, a 2025 first-round pick, a 2027 first-round pick, 2028 first-round swap, a 2029 first-round pick unprotected. They got a lot back, a lot of assets there. Kevin Durant and TJ Warren went to Phoenix. Now I want to point something out here about the Nets. If they would have traded Kyrie Irving and KD earlier in the offseason when they didn't try and make it work, they would have got probably double what they got. They would have got a King's Ransom for what they got. But the fact that both these players are going out west, the teams in the east were licking their chops saying, oh, yeah, all right, Brooklyn's probably out of the picture. Don't, Don't be so quiet. They got a lot of assets here. They're not out of the picture yet. They can still compete. But they don't got KD. They don't got Kyrie there. So as for the Nets for that trade, you can't technically win a trade when you're dealing an all-time great like Kevin Durant. You can just hope to get a lot of things back and hopefully make the right players with those picks and get somebody that's probably similar to Kevin Durant. That's no guarantee to happen. But hey, they got a lot of picks back. 
four first-round picks total. Possibly. They possibly could. You know, uh, not bad. Not bad. I mean, given the fact that they just spontaneously can bust it, I think the Nets came out pretty decent with what they did. They got rid of the two problems. Now they're stuck with Ben Simmons. <laughs> Good luck with that one, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I think that, I think they're gone. Now, as for the Suns, <clears throat> I've been seeing people saying it's a bad trade. It's not going to work. I, I got a question. How do you come up with that conclusion? Why? Because they lost Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Crowder. First off, Crowder wasn't playing. Bridges was playing. Cam Johnson was hurt half the year. So you're plugging in KD and you're getting a guy like TJ Warren who pretty much does the same thing that Cam Johnson does. Where's it not fit? Because KD's a problem? I, I mean, I get that. I don't, I don't understand it. Durant immediately transforms the Suns into one of the West foremost favorites, if not the favorites. They might be the de facto squad to beat. I get the Denver Nuggets exist. They're number one. I keep them number one right now. But look at this roster. You're pairing Kevin Durant with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Aiden. I mean, that's a super team if you want one. You got two bucket getters. You got a big man. And you got CP3 who's the floor general. I don't think fitting these pieces together will be an issue at all. Durant has played off other superstars every single stop that he's been at. There's going to be no other. I don't see that uh, the Phoenix Suns are going to have a problem here. I, I really don't. I really don't. I think it was an A-plus for the Suns. I think they're going to be scary, especially when they're healthy. Good luck playing them. Good luck matching up with them in the playoffs. I, I don't know how you do it, but, hey, good luck there. Good luck. Let's get back to the Lakers. Lakers finally got rid of Russ. All the fans are happy, talking all the shit about it. Gone. We got D'Angelo Russell going to the Lakers. We got a big trade. Three-team trade. Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, Jarrett Vanderbilt going to the Lakers. We got Damian Jones, Juan Toscano at Anderson, Russ Westbrook, and a Lakers 2027 first pick, top four protected, going to Utah. And then we got... Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Mike Conley, and a 2024 second-round pick to Memphis or Washington, depending on the pick. And then Utah's 2025 second-round pick, Utah's 2026 second-round pick going to Minnesota. So I want to start off with the Lakers. Lakers already previously added Rui Hachimura to that lineup, which was great. They also made a trade where they sent Pat Beverly to Orlando for Mobamba. They got rid of Thomas Bryant, though. So they brought in Mobamba. So for this trade, I feel like it's an A for the Lakers. I feel like it's a win for the Lakers. Now we're going to have to figure out is that actually an A, depending on how they actually play together. Everybody thought the Lakers were going to trade both their first-round picks for somebody. They only got rid of one. So they still have one left, which means they could do something in the offseason. But however, the Russell Westbrook experiment is over. They got another Russell, though. D'Angelo Russell. Guy who was there before. But 
They waited so long to trade Westbrook and it ended up working out in, in Rob Palenka's favor that he got a good trade here. So everybody was bashing him like, what are you doing? Gets a A. Now, D'Angelo Russell brings a tantalizing blend of shot making and pick and roll to this lineup. Should play very well alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So far this year, he's averaging 38.5% of his catch and fire triples. Meaning, pick and roll, he's catching on fire. Boom, 38% of them. 39.4% of his off-the-dribble trays, threes, have been hit. That's pretty good. He's been playing pretty good, too. He's been on a heater. Nobody on the Lakers averaging pull-up jumper attempts that are even close to that. Not even close. D'Lo's effective field goal percentage on these looks is at 53.7, which is top eight among 73 qualifying candidates in the NBA. Now let's talk about Beasley. He injects another three-point volume and accuracy into the offense, which they were desperate for. Comes with team option for next year, so he could be here next year. Vanderbilt. I don't know how he's really going to fit. Him and Rui Hachimura. They're going to be on and off splits because they're kind of the same position, same player. But they give you Ben Steph. Now, even if he doesn't work out, the talent that he adds to this roster, the abilities that he has, is phenomenal. Now, I like to trade for them. I think their lineup of Russ, Russell, Beasley, Rui Hachimura, Braun, and AD significantly better than what they had currently with Russell Westbrook. Now, as for Russell Westbrook, going to Utah. Jazz's team and CEO, Danny Ainge, he gave up pretty much what he had to to get a first-rounder. Earlier in the year, he wanted to tank, but they started off hot. So now he's getting rid of some assets. They got rid of the Conley contract. Now they got, they got Westbrook in. Most likely, more than not, Russell Westbrook's probably going to be out. Where he goes, if he does get bought out, very questionable. We don't know. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later. But there's a couple options for him. They got rid of some players. Got some draft stock. I like to trade for Jazz. Now, as for Minnesota. Minnesota's not necessarily better off this deal. But the roster does immediately make more sense given the relationship that Anthony Edwards has had with... His point guard. Conley's definitely, I think, a better fit with Edwards. I don't think he's as good as Edwards, though, and he's old. Plus, he has familiarity with working with Rudy Gobert. I think that's the main reason why they traded it. I don't think Russell Russell was working well with Rudy. Made that trade kind of look dumb. So now they got a guy that already knows Rudy. How to get pick and rolls off Rudy. How to get other players open off of Rudy. I think it might be a trade. I don't think the trade is going very well for him. They gave up a lot to get an old guy. He's like a decade older than Russ. He's owed $24.4 million next year, which is way more than what Russ, Russell, uh, D'Angelo Russell is going to get. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But uh, I guess when you have to make a move, you have to make a move. Now the Nets earlier, they, they acquired Jai Crowder. Now I think this is an underlooked trade. Jai Crowder got traded to the Nets. And they got traded to the Bucks. The Bucks receive, uh, Brooklyn received three second round picks. Pacers received 
two second round picks and, and a couple players, and Milwaukee received Zach Crowder. Another great trade by the by the Nets. Acquiring asset, assets, restocking, and getting rid of somebody. As for the Pacers, got a bunch of players that are going to add depth to what they want to do this year if they have an ability to actually play. Now, Milwaukee could be an A, could be a D. Kind of reminds me of the Bobby Portis trade that they did a couple years ago. I mean, not Bobby Portis, the um, P.J. Tucker trade. Brought in a veteran that could shoot, could play D. Only difference is Crowder hasn't played yet this year. So we don't know. Perhaps the Bucks do re-sign him and he plays and they might have a benefit for it next year, but I don't know. We'll see. I think it's a good trade. We got a couple other trades here, little little trades here. We got James Wiseman, went to Detroit, and Atlanta received Sadiq Bay. Gary Payton back to Golden State. Golden State did a good job at this trade deadline of acquiring pieces that helped them get there last year. They didn't go out there and try and make a splash, but they went and got pieces that are going to make them be familiar with where they were last year. So I think that I think Golden State did a great trade deadline there. Toronto. I need to talk about Toronto real quick. Everybody thought Toronto was going to sell. They had all their guys on the trade deadline. They had, they had Siakam, Van Fleet, Trent, and OG. All on trade deadline. What'd they do, though? They kept them all. They traded for Jacob Podol from San Antonio, though. They traded a Ken Burch, a 2024 first-round pick, 2023 second and 2025 second for Podol Center from the Spurs. I think what Toronto did is they saw what they could get back for their guys and then they realized, hey, it's not enough and KD and the Nets are probably done. We might have a shot here. We might have a shot to move up here now. They got a very good roster. So I think uh, we could see. We're either going to see... Toronto resign Podol next year because he's a free agent, or trade everybody. So I don't I don't know where to look at Toronto, but I think they could be a sleeper team this year in the East, competitive. As for the Clippers, Clippers traded away both of their point guards. They got Bones Highland in in uh, in pair from Denver. I like him a lot. I like them a lot. They signed Eric. They got Eric Gordon as well. And Bones Highland. But they got rid of their, their picks. They also got Mason Plumley. Got rid of Reggie Jackson. Got Mason Plumley. I like it. They added that. They added a big guy that can actually score, that can play, that can ball. They added Eric Gordon, a, a bigger guard that can presence. But they don't have a floor generator. I'm thinking they're putting all their chips on getting rough. But as for the Clippers... Very questionable moves. Very questionable moves for, for the Clippers. But I think they did get better. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. I know Reggie Jackson's on the market to get bought out. Maybe he comes back. We got a couple guys like that. Russ probably get bought out. Jackson getting bought out. John Wall getting bought out. There's a couple other guys. Pat Beverly getting bought out. I don't think i ever seen this many trades at a trade deadline that players were trading to get bought out. It's crazy. I mean, I, I guess the NBA is trying to free up cap space. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. I think it's a very something to look forward to here. Um, there's a lot of other trades here we can talk about. 
uh, you know, Josh Hart to New York. New York was trying to make a play for Levine. They didn't make it happen, but they ended up getting Josh Hart in exchange for Cam Radish, Ryan Ardiaxino, and Sfai Milochik, I'm going to say his name, and a 2023 lottery-protected first-round pick for Josh Hart. Hart arms them with a lot of what they need. Power in the perimeter, defense, someone who can span one through four, rebounding at the wings, an efficient rim presence, and head of steam when attacking. Type player Thibodeau wants. Pairing in with Quentin Grimes, Manuel Quickly, Mitchell Robinson. Good luck guarding the guards. I think it's a massive improvement for the Knicks. However, I don't think anything is going to happen. Which brings me to the Blazers. Portland wasn't going to finance Josh Hart next year's next contract. They got paid on the books. They got Lillard, Nurkic, Simmons, Jeremiah Grant probably going to get paid. They got tight pockets out there. Josh Hart was was gone. But Josh Hart, they got rid of that, got picks, got some money. And they also made another trade where they got a three-team trade. They got Matisse Dybul. They had somebody who could play defense. One thing Portland couldn't do. Now I'm from Philly. It hate, it, I hate to see Matisse go, but Philly got an exchange for Matisse. We got Jalen McDaniels, New York's 2024 second-round pick, Portland's 2029 second-round pick. We gave up our 2023 pick. I think it's a great trade for the Sixers. We all wanted to see a big splash for the Sixers, but we got rid of Matisse. I think it's great. We may have given up the most valuable pick in the three-team trade, but it was worth it. This is what we needed. We needed a guard who, who's big, can play multiple positions, can shoot, and play defense. He's not as good at defense as Matisse, but he can score. He's a great filler player. He's a big rim protector. He's a 33% three-point clip shooter, which obviously, going off the pick and rolls with James Harden and Bede, that's what we need. Way bigger than Thibel. When we're going up against Boston, we need big guys. So his six foot nine frame is going to be good. We got Melton, smaller frame, plays the same. We got this guy, bigger frame, can play the same. As for that trade, though, I liked it. Philly, I think we move up a lot. We got another couple trades here. A um, couple sevens getting traded, a couple power forwards getting traded. But overall, I think that's the gist of the most important parts of the trade deadline. I'm sure I missed something, but I don't want to sit here and talk for two hours about the trade deadline when, in reality, those were the big trades. We're going to see how they play out. It's like after All-Star break, it's going to be like a second whole new season. And we're going to see who wins. We're going to see how these Kyrie to Dallas pans out, KD and Phoenix pans out. How does the LA experiment part two work out? What happens with the Knicks? What happens with the Clippers? Where does John Wall go? I don't think anybody cares, but I think it's ironic that he talks a bunch of shit about the 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 the, the uh, Rockets, and then gets sent back to the Rockets for them to buy him out. Ironic, ironic. But overall, we got a lot of basketball ahead of us. We're gonna dig in. We're gonna hit you guys with a lot. If you guys are in, want our bets, check them out. We got a lot of bets on our our Twitter. We have a Patron page up. Check it out. 
Well, thank you guys. If you like this episode, if you enjoyed it, if you learned something, if, if you think somebody else would like it, if you want to hop on, share us, tag us, reach out to us. We'd love to see you. Thank you again for listening. I'll catch y'all later. Have a good one.